Hey friends, welcome to the Next Step Leadership Podcast, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step. I'm Tracy Reynolds, and my partner for the Next Step Journey is Chris Maxwell. Together we hope to inspire, assist, and create the confidence you need to take your next step in your personal growth, spiritual growth, vocation, or even your calling. Thanks for joining us. Well, come on, let's dive into this week's episode of Next Step Leadership. Welcome again to another episode of Next Step Leadership Podcast. I'm Chris Maxwell, and I join Tracy Reynolds in these conversations. And uh, Tracy, uh, it's it's great to have dialogue with you again. And and I say this every week, but I am very excited about our guest. He's a dear friend. I've had wonderful conversations with him. And uh, so, yeah, I'm excited about this time with you and about uh, the conversation we have with Hans Hess. Thanks, Chris. It's always a pleasure, man. Uh, Hans Hess is, uh, there's people that you just look forward to having conversations with, and Hans is one of those. Um, I met Hans back in Virginia uh, probably 22 or 3 4 years ago, and I didn't really know him, but I always liked he and his wife, and it was just really cool. But Hans is the senior pastor at Fountain of Life in Upper North Carolina since like 2009, and uh, he has been an evangelist. He served as missions director for Redemption Ministries, and he planted the church in Sterling, Virginia. Uh, educationally, he's got a BA in ancient history, which is cool, from the University of Kentucky. Uh, an MDiv in practical theology from Regent. We are both Regent alumni, and he's also in a PhD program in historical theology. Not hysterical theology, Chris. Historical <laughs> theology, also from Regent. And he gets to do some adjunct work at Regent and Marymount. Uh, he wrote a book uh, a few years ago called First Passage. Uh, I happen to know he's a great musician. Yes. Uh, he's got some musical uh, uh, things. He'd li- I'd love to hear about some of your endeavors there. Um, and uh, he's got uh, two grown kids and grandkids. Um, he lost his wife to cancer in 2020. Uh, but he also remarried uh, 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 his wife Dana in 2022. He was just telling us stuff that had gone on in October of 2022, and it's mind-boggling. Been ministry for well over 20, uh, probably closer to 30 years now, uh, but he's most currently the Bishop of Redemption Ministries Conference since October, and man, he's done a ton of things. But man, more than that, brother, he's our brother, he's our friend. Welcome to the podcast, Hans Hess. Hey, thanks, guys. It's so great being with you. Uh, I love you, Tracy and Chris. You guys are your top shelf. I'm I'm honored to be with you today. Well, we're honored to have you. And and Hans, let's just dive in. I want you uh, to tell us some stories about your life. Uh, Let's not just begin with who you are now, what you're doing, but let's kind of hit rewind and go back a little bit and you tell us how the Lord worked in your life to take you where you are now. Well, thanks for the opportunity. You know, um, as my accent gives me away, I was born and raised in the Appalachian Mountains of Virginia and uh, wasn't raised in church and had an experience with God when I was 16. I was um, I got really sick, was put in a hospital and a voice spoke to me in the hospital. I'm totally serious, not not a an audible thing, but something in my heart that changed my life. And I went home, and uh, my parents didn't go to church or anything, but for some reason they had just purchased a copy of the Living Bible Paraphrase. Uh, 
mm-hmm. had it on their nightstand. And I picked it up, took it to my room and open to the beginning, which was like, you know, Bible for dummies. What do you do if you've never <laughs> read the Bible? And it, and it said, if you've never read the Bible, turn to the gospel of Mark and begin reading. So I did. And I'm telling you, the stories of Jesus leapt off the page and uh, it came to life in living color to me. And I didn't know how to pray. I didn't watch Christian TV, didn't listen to Christian music. I'd never, you know, I just started, I just started talking to God on my own and uh, my life was forever changed. So I came into this thing as an outsider and uh, I, I, I'm thankful for my story. I'm a true convert. You know, I think of uh, someone like Augustine, mm-hmm. not that I could be compared to his life, but somebody like Augustine who got saved as a, as an outsider coming in as a convert. And, uh, that was, that was my story. And, uh, then I found a church in the Appalachian mountains. That was this typical, you know, uh, spirit filled Pentecostal Appalachian mountain church way up in a holler on the side of a Creek bank with people passionate for Jesus. One NBC reporter described the worship of the mountain Appalachian holiness churches as a cross between Salvation Army Band and Acid Rock. And I think that, <laughs> I think that's what our music Perfect. was, man. <laughs> so that oh, changed the whole tra- trajectory of my life and uh, ended up going to college and then, you know, felt a strong call of God in college to preach, which, again, shifted gears into another direction. So, yeah, that's that's the start of it all there. Wow. So you've pastored for a long time now, man. So how did you know that that the, you said a calling to preach? Uh, I, I happen to know that you uh, strongly care about people who are far from God and them coming to meet Jesus. So talk about how some of that motivated you and moved you into your initial ministry. Well, in my home church, had a great pastor, and uh, he kept encouraging me. And uh, he, I was always musical. I'd played guitar since I'd been 10 years old. And so I played music in church. And uh, But he had a conversation with me one day. And he said, you know, Hans, your, your ministry is more than just music. The word of God is in you. And uh, there's a ministry for you in the word. That's how he described it. And I did have a passion for scripture, passion for studying. And then as I was praying it through, just the different forces started aligning and coming together. And... One day I, I really felt, I felt this, I, I felt something speak to me saying, open the Bible to Jeremiah chapter three, verse 15. And I opened to Jeremiah chapter three, verse 15. And there was that scripture, I will give you pastors according to my heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. And it was just a sign, another one of the many signs that, that God was calling me into ministry. Then I wrestled with it a lot and eventually ended up in seminary coming out of sem, I'd preached as an evangelist, you know, but coming out of seminary, I was yearning to be part of a fellowship with accountability and friendship and mission work and ended up in the IPHC and in 1996 and immediately a church opened up and asked me to pastor. And, uh, I'd never, I'd never pastored. And, and really our church back home was really just a revival type church. So, um, I went in, was thrown into the deep end and started pastoring in 1996. So this will be uh, 27 years of pastoring in April this year. So uh, 
yeah, it's been quite a journey. And we always pastored kind of as evangelists anyhow. We just got fired mm-hmm. up and wanted to fire people up, wanted to win the lost, wanted to win those people, as you say, far from God. And uh, I, I kind of always felt like the evangelist in me was was leading the way that if we weren't winning people to Jesus, I didn't even want right. to do church. I, I, I had no desire to show up and just come to church and go through uh, motions. I really wanted to reach people and see mm-hmm. people's lives change. So that that's happened everywhere we've been. Well, how are you doing that now? Talk to us a little bit about the church you are pastoring and how you're still living that out um, now. Well, you know, in uh, 2009, I really went through a crisis. Um, I was, I had planted a church in the Washington, D.C. suburbs of Northern Virginia, and we had been there for nine years pastoring, and it really started falling apart at the end. Really, the last two years, it just started started crumbling. And uh, I kind of came to the conclusion, I'm terrible at this. <laughs> you know, I'm an evangelist, or I should be teaching or something. I, I just pastoring is just not my gig, man. And, uh, then a church opened up and a, and a pastor of a church called me from Elizabeth city, North Carolina and said, Hans, I really feel you should come here and follow me. Every time I pray, I see you before my face. And, uh, so I went down to Elizabeth city and I filled in some for him and, uh, preached some there. And I thought, there's no way in the world I want to do this, man. I don't want to go back to a <laughs> traditional church. I don't want to go back to an established church. I don't want a church with deacons. I don't want to go in and fight anybody. I'm, <laughs> I'm done, man. <laughs> and then, you know, just through circumstances, by the fall of that year, I accepted the pastorate of the church in Elizabeth City. And when I moved down here, it was like straight revival started happening. The church was about 150 people strong. And we started seeing people one to Jesus just every single week. Mm-hmm. We counted up to 5,000 people that had given their hearts to the Lord within the first few years. It just was on. Mm-hmm. We built a new building and uh, exploded in ministries. So the church grew to about 900. And we just saw, you know, and all based on evangelism, all based on winning the law. So, so still it's my heart. Uh, almost every Sunday I call for the lost. I call for people to come and follow Jesus. And, uh, you know, to the glory of God, I've ne- I haven't done that. I can't tell you the last time I did that and someone didn't respond. Mm-hmm. It's been years and years and years. Uh, it- it's just been amazing what God has done. So, yeah, we're still in it. Well, let's pick up on the other side. I have observed that, and I just want to recognize and say, you know, God has gifted you as an evangelist, uh, and I, as a discipler, as somebody who's on the other side of that, I feel like I could, I could give my best evangelistic sermon, and and uh, somebody might get saved. I don't know, uh, but I care very deeply about people's. Uh, fruit remaining and learning how to follow Jesus. You wrote a book yeah. called First Passage. It's uh, the foundations of Christianity, like transition from life, uh, starting out as new believers. So I know you yeah. have a heart for that too. To, so tell us about how that was birthed in kind of in the midst of all that. Uh, uh, what you what God was doing in the church. Well, uh, so for years I'd taught pastors classes, which were new believer classes. If you come into the church, I uh, I had a class for you. And so, so through the years, I took the outlines that I developed in those classes and just put it in book form. And uh, 
I, I don't say it's the greatest thing. I'd like to go back and rewrite it now, but actually it, it's had some mileage. We're using it in our church now and, uh, and, a, and in a can- other campus satellite we have, they've used it and I've received some really great compliments. Uh, just first of all, I started out with, uh, you know, who is God? Why is there a God? Why, why, do, why would, would we even believe in a God? Because when I was in the DC area, you know, you had to start at that level with people. You were living in really a post-Christian city, and you really had to start with, let's just get you into a, a worldview where God exists. Then the next chapter, I deal with G- why Jesus, you know, Jesus as opposed to other religions. And uh, then I kind of get into the Christian doctrinal stuff later on in the book. But uh, anyhow, that was my passion to disciple people who were say, who were being born again. Yeah. Just getting to know you and spending time with you and seeing you minister and then now hearing you talk about you know your church and and how God has done great things there but and you're just ministering in so many places you're traveling you're ministering online uh, before we talk about some of the online ministry and other things you're doing uh, how do you find the the equilibrium of being an evangelistic type church where you are evangelizing, you're pursuing those who are not yet followers of Christ, but it is still designed to be a Pentecostal church focus, believing on the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Many churches go one way or the other on that, uh, but you are merging those worlds together, which is like Acts 2. <laughs> That's how the Spirit came, so that we would be witnesses but talk to us um, uh, and, and talk to the, the pastors and the leaders who are listening to this. How can we we just merge those worlds together and let God do what he wants to do, Hans? Wow, that is such that is such a profound question because that's I've lived in that tension now for decades. And there is a tension um, between I want to be reasonable and attractive to the world so that you know, people will be drawn uh, to the logic of Christianity, to the power of Christianity. Um, but at the same time, there's all this, you know, uh, amazing depth of Scripture that deals with the, the, the gifts of the Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, miracle signs, wonders, all of that. And so uh, I've kind of I've kind of wanted to be both and. I wanted, and, and this is something that I, I really felt Jack Hayford, this was a lesson I learned from him years ago was that um, he said his church in Van Nuys, California exploded because of a move of, uh, and he called it an unusual move of the Holy Spirit. And he said, I didn't explain it away. I didn't make excuses for it, but I worked really hard to teach my people through it. And so that's kind of been my model. I, I believe that um, having an outpouring of the Holy Spirit and expression of the gifts isn't antithetical to growth. If you read 1 Corinthians 14, Paul talks right. about when the one who is an unbeliever comes in and the prophetic word is shared, they will fall down on the floor declaring God is yeah. in this place. He even said tongues are a sign for the unbeliever. Unbeliever. And so we've tried to, uh, you know, we've tried to, sanitize these things and 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 compartmentalize these things but when i look in the mission field i see the greatest works i believe around the world are these apostolic fully charismatic works going wide open so but we need to bring a brain to it we need we definitely need to bring a brain to it and say hey this is we there's there's biblical reason there's great logic there's great 
uh, academics even behind these arguments. And so uh, I don't know how do you do it as a pastor? You know, so if you came to my Sunday morning service, it would be a, a modern worship service. You know, the, we have very modern music and all the LED screens going. And uh, I'm, I'm hopefully preaching a practical sermon that you can use in your life. And uh, but but it's it's fired up. And then we have revival services. Last night, we just had a Sunday night, what we call Holy Spirit night, which was we went for about an hour just in worship and altar ministry. And then I shared a brief word at the end. So uh, trying to mix those special services with a regular running Sunday morning machine that is understandable to the world. I don't know. So you can see you can see in my language, I rest. I'm still in, in the in the battle uh, and in the learning process. Well, that gives us hope, man, because I'm in that battle too. Chris is in that battle too. Uh, and it is funny uh, as a as a Pentecostal believer. I'm just going to be honest. There were times I would like bring my pagan friend to church, and I'm just like really hoping that God is not going to do something weird while they're there, you know. And it never sees. I mean, it just seems like in every situation there was always going to be, you know, that was going to be the day that we would have the Holy Ghost hoedown, and and, and I'm just going, oh God, what are you doing? Yet, in spite of that, incredible things happened. Yes. Yeah. So I'm right there with you, man. You know, uh, also, every Wednesday night, I expositorily teach the Bible verse by verse. And I've been doing it for years and years and years. And, and we, you know, before COVID, we were live. Now I've just been doing it online. But uh, come down, sit down one hour. I get into the Bible. We go verse by verse. And I felt that always grounded us, you know. Yeah, that's so good. Well, before we finish this first podcast, we'll, we'll have you on again next week. But before we finish this, uh, just take a minute or a minute and a half or so and give us a, a little summary of what you're doing globally. I mean, this really excites me, Hans. Well, you know, I've always had a passion for evangelism and missions. And so I started doing mission trips years ago. I, I volunteered as a mission director for uh, 60 to 70 plus churches uh, in our conference. And so I've always been involved in, in, in mission work and uh, love it. Thought about being a missionary full time at times through the years and uh, all that. But since COVID, you know, I've had an opportunity to go on uh, Zoom calls and and preach crusades in uh, uh, non-Christian nations. I've been able to do TV work um, and, and be on networks in South Africa, to London, to East Africa, to uh, to South America, to Asia. It's, it's been really amazing, you know, what the enemy meant for evil, God has turned for good. Through all the COVID mess we went through, there were some amazing advances that happened in that. And one of them is preaching the, preaching the gospel through, through the Internet and television. It's just been absolutely amazing what God has done. So each time I do it, speaking of mixing the, the spiritual gifts and the kind of charismatic flair with, uh, with winning the loss, every time I do a crusade in Asia online, there are usually as many people healed as there are born again. It's absolutely amazing what God's doing around the earth. So I'm just, I'm excited to be in it, excited to be. I believe we're hearing the raindrops. This is my opinion. We're hearing the raindrops of another great awakening and another Jesus revolution. Boy, 
I appreciate you saying that. I love hearing that because do we need that? Yes, we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are desperate for it. Well, Hans, uh, uh, Tracy and I just appreciate you taking the time to, to talk to us and to, to tell your story to our audience. We'll have you on again in the next episode, and we want to just uh, ask you some more honest questions about some of the personal difficulties you've had to go through in this in this life and in life of ministry, and then give us some good suggestions. Because, um, Hans, the goal that Tracy and I have in this is uh, to tell stories and let, other, let our audience hear from a variety of, of leaders who just are in love with Jesus and in love with people. And for us to kind of seek the best advice and wisdom we can uh, to make sure that our next steps are our best steps. Thanks for joining us on Next Step Leadership, a weekly conversation dedicated to your personal growth and leadership development. Chris and I are so glad you joined us. You can find us on your favorite podcast providers. Do us a favor and hit subscribe. And if you really want to help us, give us a rating. We so appreciate your support. Check out our show notes for more information regarding guest contact information. Tracy Vennell's new book, Second Chair Leadership, How to Serve, Thrive, and Lead from Where You Play, is available now at ctracyvennels.com or Amazon. Chris Maxwell's 11th book, Equilibrium, 31 Ways to Stay Balanced on Life's Uneven Services, is available now at chrismaxwell.me or Amazon, where you can find all of Chris's previous books as well. Our featured music is by Casual Americans. You can find their musical releases at casualamericans.com or your favorite music supplier. We release Next Step Leadership each Thursday, so join us again next week on the Next Step Journey, a conversation dedicated to helping you make your next step your best step.